This is 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. And now, with their always informative and often entertaining take on the sports news of the day, here are Jonathan Raggis and Jim Williams. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Raggis. Alongside me, as always, Jim Williams. What's going on, man? Today's episode brought to you by DayQuil. Yes, because we're all sick in the head. Well, actually, John has been under the weather. You caught a nasty flu bug. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. No, it wasn't. No, it was was as ugly as uh, that China porno with X-Pac. That's that's how ugly it was. Oh, dude, I'm already sick, man. Don't get to the <laughs> Well, I apologize, but I had to get the point across. But we're back here uh, on a Monday here this week of Thanksgiving, and we thank you for listening in, our friends all across the interwebs. Uh, we have a lot to get to to recap over the course of the next 58 and a half minutes. We're going to talk about the NFL, wild Sunday in the NFL, Sunday into Monday if you want to be technical. We've got a lot of hot stove baseball stuff to talk about. A little NBA for you as well, as a big star is down again in Chicago. Breaking news coming in over that over the last uh, hour or so. And uh, we also have a couple of announcements on our end here at 24-7. A couple of ways you can get in on the action with us. We have a new fantasy sports contest of sorts uh, that we're going to tell you about a little bit later on. And you can join in, join our group compete against me and John, show off your sports prowess and expertise. Or you can just be like me and just, you know, lie back and take a loss like a man. I don't know. Whatever you want to do. Uh, But we also have uh, an announcement about a new feature on the 24-7 Sports Hub website that just launched last week. Uh, Very cool thing. Check it out at 247sportshub.com, by the way. But through it all, your call's very vital to our being. 347-237-5373. That's 347-237-5373. You can click to talk via the Skype button on our player. And you can also join us in the chat room where uh, I am there, John is there, and John will do his best not to barf in the chat room. I cannot make promises because I am not John but, John, we start with you, and we start with uh, the week that was in the NFL. we got to go, really go back to Thursday night because we haven't been on since Wednesday. No, we got to go back to that Thursday night game, and that was the New Orleans Saints taking on the Atlanta Falcons. And the Falcons kept it close with the Saints winning 17-13. to Saints now 9-2 and in the season. Falcons dropped to 2-9. and What did you think of this one, Jim? You know, the Falcons did keep it close, but as one of my friends says, Hi, Carl, how you doing, Mr. New Orleans Saints fan? They are the fail cons. They are the fail cons. Because Matt Ryan, you know, the percentages look good when you, when you look at everything on paper, but he had no one to throw to to save his freaking life. Not at all. That's what it comes down to. Drew Brees was consistent. You got Pierre Thomas again doing it on both sides, the rushing and the pat- receiving side of things. Uh, a solid game from from Pierre Thomas. Drew Brees was Drew Brees. Enough said. And, and Jimmy Graham, you know, an absolute beast as always, the best receiver uh, on that team. The Saints right now, in my eyes, are the best team in the NFC. I don't think – I think I'd put them over top of Seattle. And, well, we may officially be able to put them over top of Seattle after next week if they can go in and get a win against the Seahawks. Yeah, I agree. I think the New, uh, New Orleans Saints are a better team than the Seattle Seahawks. But we'll find out, right? Indeed. 
All right, let's move it on down to Sunday now. Uh, let's go to this game. The Baltimore Ravens with a 19-3 murder over the New York Jets. New York Jets and Ravens now both at 5-6. and six. Uh, You know what? It's time for the Jets to start Matt Sims, I think, next week. What do you think? Couldn't hurt at this point. Well, I shouldn't say that. I should back up a second because keep in mind, and we'll, we'll bring this up a little bit later after we go through the slate of games, the Jets are still in a in a dogfight, a massive dogfight for a wild card spot, even though they've lost two in a row now. I don't want this team in the playoffs. Well, nobody in their right mind who's a football fan wants this team in the playoffs. The only two person who might want this team in the playoffs is the three seed in the AFC, because they know they'll probably get an easy way with things. Mm-hmm. But Geno Smith, he's he's just been faltering. Um the defense kept them honest, and they kept them around in this game. The Jets' defense holding Ray Rice to just 30 yards on the ground. Uh, but turnovers. Turnovers are the Achilles' heel. They lost the turnover battle. They lost the time of possession battle. And Joe Flacco was competent enough to get the job done. Uh, and, and, you know, look who showed up. Jacoby Jones with a nice game for yep. uh, for Baltimore. That's what it comes down to. I mean, you know... There you go. The Ravens, you know, five and six, they're still very much in the playoff mix and uh, have a big game coming up in a week or so uh, against, I believe, the Steelers. So uh, we shall see what happens in that front. Absolutely. Now, talking about the Steelers as well, they're now five and six after a 27 to 11 win over the Cleveland Browns yesterday. Jason Campbell, thanks for playing. He gets knocked out. We see the return of Brandon Whedon, which means the return to mediocrity for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell had a nice game running. Antonio Brown, he, the Steelers will go as far as Brown takes them. Mm-hmm. What can Brown do for you? See, I didn't want to say that, but I just did. Because I am the king of cliches, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, they're not missing Mike Wallace, that's for sure. They're not. They, Brown is the number one wide receiver, and I believe he is the leading wide receiver in the entire league right mm-hmm. now. Uh, absolute beast mode. Roethlisberger's starting to come to form again, and again, Steelers, they're at five and six. They're in that logjam of, uh, of of five teams, five or six teams in the AFC fighting for that last playoff spot. We'll tell you about the team that currently occupies that spot in just a moment or two. And we all thought they were going to be, you know, craptacular after such a horrible start, but the way the AFC is shaking up, they have a chance to be in the playoffs. And let me just tell you right now, I know the Steelers team isn't that great. I know the Ravens team isn't that great, but I don't think anybody wants to face either team in the playoffs in the first round because that can be dangerous because they have that thing called experience. So All and going in, momentum as well. So, Well, the big Mo, it, it counters all. Uh, what about Josh Gordon, man? Did you see his numbers? Josh Gordon, 14, 230. Okay, he had more receiving yards than Whedon had passing yards. I I don't get it, man. Because, well, because of course, Campbell threw to him earlier. It, you know, it, it's the Megatron effect is what it is. And it'll segue into the next game in, in just a moment. One player cannot do it all. I don't care what anybody says. One player cannot do it all. At least if, the, if that one player is the wide receiver, let me let me qualify that. If the one player is the quarterback, you might have a case, as we'll talk about with Green Bay a little bit later on. But uh, Gordon is a stud, a blue chip stud, and Cleveland should just back the truck wagon up, make sure he's locked in there. 
oh, but wait, let's get a steady quarterback in. And here's another concept. Let's get a running game in. Yeah. Ogbenaya, four carries, 26 yards as leading rusher. That will not get the job done. Absolutely not. Speaking about the Detroit Lions, they lost yesterday to guess who? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are now 3-8 and eight on the season, a team that we thought, wow, could have gone winless in this uh, season. No, they win 24-21 to 21 over Detroit. Story of this game, though, has got to be Matt Stafford and his four interceptions. Four interceptions, <clears throat> excuse me, five turnovers on the day in all uh, for the Detroit Lions, and, and that just was that, that just broke their backs. Yeah. Bush had a decent game. Megatron had a decent game. But it was a cleaner game. No turnovers for Mike Lennon, who was 14 of 21 for Very serviceable. Yeah. Very serviceable. Rainey was held in check with just 18 carries and 35 yards. Underwood with a pair of touchdown grabs. Two of his three grabs were touchdown grabs and 108 yards receiving to boot. But again, Stafford was trying to force some balls out there. Uh, way too much. Four interceptions, five turnovers on the game for Detroit. If you turn the ball over five times, very slim chances of winning a football game. And here are the Lions, a team that pretty much could control its own fate in the NFC North, and they are crumbling like crazy with the, you know, they, they are not going to be in this playoff picture. They are not a playoff team. No, damn shame. Mm-hmm. Damn shame. All right, man, let's go over this one. We had a tie game yesterday. Yeah. A tie game, and that's the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. 26 to 26 after overtime. Crazy game because you know what? Even the Packers players thought they were going out there for a second overtime. This is the first tie game in the modern version of overtime in the NFL, the current version, where both teams actually scored in overtime, and still we had a tie because both teams kicked field goals in their opening possessions. The rules, of course, if you score a touchdown in your opening possession, game over. If you score a field goal, the other team has a chance to match it or beat it. If they match it, we play sudden death until the end of the period. You get the idea. Correct. Adrian Peterson had himself a nice day, 32 carries, 146 yards. Uh, Eddie Lacy countered also, uh, 25 carries, 110 yards. Just one turnover in the entire game, and that was on the Minnesota side of things. We're looking also at the fact that Scott Tolzien was benched. Which was, which was a good uh, decision for Green Bay because that Matt Flynn touchdown. Matt Flynn had, and they had to do it from behind with 16 points in the fourth quarter after Minnesota got a, a solid lead up. Uh, Matt Flynn, well, first of all, we, had, we may not see Matt Flynn. Uh, the Packers, I do believe, play Thursday uh, on Thanksgiving. And they we're, we're waiting to see about the injury report to see if Aaron Rodgers is indeed cleared to play. It is a remote possibility he could play as early as this week, more likely next week. But uh, the way the rest of the division has fumbled things away, we were thinking three, four weeks ago when we heard about the injury, and you remember this, John, that the Packers were out of it. The Packers are out of it. They're a game back right now. Actually, uh, uh, to be technical, a half game back Mm -hmm. of the division lead in the NFC North. So depending on when Rodgers comes back, if he comes back this week or next week, they, I still think Green Bay is in the driver's seat in this division. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, I, I hate to say it, but this tie kind of helped them. <laughs> it did. You yeah. know, when it comes down to games 15 and 16 of the season, it will help them if they have the lead. Absolutely. That half game up will be the difference. So it may not help them tremendously with seeding. There'll be a fourth or a, a third seed, but still it will be a tremendous help. Uh, 
So it's all about, I mean, and they have to be somewhat cautious. They've got Matt Flynn. He can do the deed, but they obviously they want Rodgers back. Of course they would want Rodgers. Who wouldn't want Rodgers in that situation? I totally uh, but agree. but you have to you have to think long term. Also, this is your franchise. You don't want the franchise to come back too early, and then you'll be stuck with Flynn the rest of the season. So you have to walk on eggshells a little bit. Absolutely. All right, let's keep it on the move now. Let's go to this game, and this is a good one, man. And it showed. Actually, can I say Philly Rivers? My boy Philly Rivers showed that Philly the Rivers? Chiefs, they're flukes. They really are. I'm sorry, but the Chargers defeating the Chiefs, 41 to 38. Philip Rivers just monstrous numbers here. Uh, they got some, you know, some great receiving from Keenan Allen, Eddie Royal, uh, Danny Woodhead, and whatnot. What did you think of this one? Because I enjoyed it. <clears throat> uh, yeah, first of all, I uh, have to say a few words. <clears throat> I uh, thought we played good out there today. Uh, Alex Smith uh, throwing 300 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, uh, Jamal Charles, uh, 115 yards. Uh, you didn't run the ball that much, but, you know, <clears throat> When when do I ever let people run the football? Need <clears throat> um, do a better job out there uh, with the play calling. I see that now. I take full responsibility, and um, I got to do a better job. <clears throat> Time yours. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> Thank you. Now, but well, but again, you've got Jamal Charles. He's averaging, for goodness sakes, like almost nine to ten yards a carry, and you're not going to keep running the football with him. Yeah. Well, Andy Reid, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what it comes down to. I mean, Smith was all right, uh, but but like you said, Rivers had a monster game. Almost That's flawless, man. Monster game. Yeah. And he was getting different receivers who I've not really seen the box score yeah. into the action. And the Kansas City defense, which has lost a couple of key members in this game, just got exploited. They gave up almost 500 yards of total offense. Mm-hmm. Um, defense was at a premium, shall we say? Uh, but but going back to what we were talking about, you know, the Chargers again. Stop me if I've said this about four four times already. A five and six ch- team challenging for that last playoff spot in the AFC. Oh, they they're, they're proving that they could be a worthy competitor. Uh, you know, they keep playing like this. They can be. Absolutely. And, you know, the Chiefs are not, uh, we've said this before, they are not the 9-2 that we see. Are they going to be a playoff team? No question about it. They got so far ahead of themselves, it's a given. But, you know, they'll be a 10 or 11 win wild card team. They'll be a 5 seed. Um, We'll we'll, we'll talk more about that later because they have a big matchup, of course, against the Denver Broncos this coming weekend that initially I thought was going to be a home-and-home home split. Now I'm not so sure. So yeah, absolutely. We'll see. Uh, let's move it on to this one, man. And I didn't see this one coming. The Rams destroying the Chicago Bears 42-21. to Rams now 5-6 and in the season. Bears full to 6-5 and in the season. Are they missing Jay Cutler here? You know, it's not so much the offense. It huh? really isn't. It's more a case of... Chicago's defense being non-existent. It hurt, man, but you still got to put up more than 21 points, man. Come on. When you when you have and they had more offensive yardage. They had that they scored outscored in the yardage department 424 to 406. Yeah. yeah. Uh Forte was capable, 77 yards on 16 carries, Brandon Marshall 117 yards and a touchdown on 10 grabs in in, in a losing effort. McCown 36 of 47 he was. Uh, for 352 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. And a fumble. Uh, 
you know, he was only sacked once. But, uh, but again, it's more a case of the steady running game. And they're doing it with players you don't expect. We talked about Zach Stacy in the past. Yeah, and that Zach Stacy had a nice game. But Benny Cunningham? Benny Raise your hand if you knew who Benny Cunningham was before this week. Anybody? There was, anybody in the back? Anybody? No? That was Richie Cunningham's brother. Not going to make the joke. Not going to. No. Because if, if you click on the link and you see the logo of him, it, what he looks like, you, you, no, I'm not going to make the joke. Hey, it looks like Richie Cunningham. No, he doesn't. No, no. <laughs> or like Randall Cunningham's little brother, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but no, 13 carries, 109 yards and a touchdown. Stacy got a touchdown, and then they got Tavon Austin in on an end around for a touchdown as well uh, in the rushing game. St. Louis, through everything they have been through, over the course of this season and season plus with injuries and what have you, they're making a case that they're you know not nearly as bad as we think they were. Mm-hmm. They they're I'm not saying greatest show on turf 2.0, but they're playing they're playing some competitive football and down the stretch, this is a team you cannot take lightly if you're going to face them. They're going to give it to you big time. They're going to give you a a, a, a run for your money. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. We so shall. much so that I'm getting high-pitched in voice. I know. I hear that, man. I know. All right, man. Well, the Carolina Panthers are a real deal because guess what? They came from behind, and they won 20-16 to against the Miami Dolphins. They go 8-3 and on the season right now. Dolphins dropped to 5-6. and Is Cam Newton a real deal, man? Uh, Cam Newton is uh, showing that he is the real, in the words of Shiki Baby. And we were blasting him in the beginning of the season. And rightfully so. He has matured before our very eyes. Seven in a row for uh, the Panthers. Now to eight and three in that division, which, uh, oh boy, get ready for those Panther Saints. Uh, two tussles coming up in the next few weeks. That's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Newton, uh, but the one problem, though, is Newton, not just, of course, leading passer, leading rusher as well. Fruit Newton? Juice Newton, angel of the morning, okay? There you go. There's some AM gold for you, kids. You, you don't listen to the AM radio, do you, if you're listening to us? Probably. AM radio? Yes, the hobby doopy. But, uh, but no, I mean, Camden willed this team to victory, simply put, and the Dolphins just choked. I mean, Tannehill, again, decent game, 28-42, 10 for a touchdown. Hooking up with Mike Wallace on one of those touchdowns, he had a nice game, five grabs, 127 yards. But after that, who was with him? Nobody. So uh, Carolina escapes with a road victory, and it's on to the next, as they say. Absolutely. All right, man, what about this? Jaguars now 2-9 in the season after a 13-6 win over the Houston Texans, and who would have thought the Jaguars and the Houston Texans would have the same exact record right now? And if I'm not mistaken, these are the two teams now with the worst records in the National Football League. Amazing. Man. They're going to be fighting for the top draft pick. Everybody's oh. just, nobody's performing at all on Houston. Ben Tate, seven carries, one yard. Andre Johnson, two two receptions for 36 yards. When the hell do we see Andre Johnson only grab two receptions? Possibly and, and when he's injured and he doesn't grab any. And, here, and let's bring in running back du jour once again. Dennis Johnson was the leading rusher in this game. Who? Exactly. He had 13 carries for 74 yards and a losing effort for Houston. Um, Case Keenum didn't have a good game, but, uh, you know, and as, as much as people are going to try to, you know, in Houston may try to vilify Case Keenum, 
He's done his part, okay? Mm. He's done his part to keep things close. You look at his statistics, he's played pretty good football. Yes, yes, yes. You know, he's not the problem. No. It is the coaching, and, you know, I know it's... Phillips? Bum Phillips is uh, illegitimate son, let's call him. I mean, even Ed Ed Reed came out and said the only reason why he's not in Houston anymore is because of Wade Phillips. Yeah, I mean, Wade Phillips is... We saw what he did with Dallas years ago. Hence, nothing. So, uh, you know, and we have to throw Kubiak in there as well because obviously the message he was sending didn't sink into these players either. And I know Kubiak, you know, is recovering from the mini-stroke episode he had, but I I don't know that he sees another season in Houston either. I agree. There needs to be an overhaul in terms of the coaching. They've got the talent. It's just the players are not buying in. The players don't buy into. I mean, this is is a team from last season that we thought, wow, you know, they could possibly be Super Bowl contenders this season, and that can be further from the truth. They are one of the biggest disappointments in the league. Probably Uh, the biggest disappointment. Probably history. Jeez. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. All right, man, let's move it on. Titans with a 23-19 to win over the Oakland Raiders. Titans now 5-6 and six on the season. Raiders now 4-7. and seven. We keep talking, I, I keep talking, rather, about the AFC playoff picture. If the playoffs started today, the Titans would be the sixth seed. Wow. What the hell? You got to, listen, man, we got to give props to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Good game yesterday, man. 30-42, 320 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh... As clean as can be, Chris Johnson, capable, 73 yards on 20 carries. And the leading receiver, Justin Hunter, who? Six grabs, 109 yards, and a touchdown. McGloin did his part to keep it close. Uh, McGloin, 19 of 32, uh, uh, 260 yards in the game. He tried. Yeah, and a touchdown. But, again, it, it, it's Oakland is a case of, you know, also rants right now. I mean, you've got Rashad Jennings as the leading receiver. You've got uh, a guy by the name of Rod Streeter as the leading wide receiver. These are players you don't know of. These are players who are, you know, the equivalent of the hand-me-down players in the league, trying to bubblegum and duct tape themselves to respectability, and they're not doing it right now. Yeah. Uh, so the Titans at 5-6 and six would be the sixth seed in the playoffs as of this point in time. Wrap your brain around that. Insane. Yeah. I mean, this is the game I was looking forward to talking about. The Arizona Cardinals, 42-11 over the Indianapolis Colts yesterday. The Colts now dropped to 7-4. and The Cardinals now go up to 7-4. and What an amazing game from Carson Palmer yesterday, Jim. Carson Palmer on that baller status, as the kids say. They don't say that, but I just created it. 26-37 for 314 yards and two touchdowns. Very clean effort from Carson Palmer. He hooked up with a with a number of wide receivers, oh, notably yeah. notably Michael Floyd was in the house, uh, grabbing uh, seven receptions for 104 yards. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald got two of his five catches as touchdown catches and was targeted 11 times as well. Floyd was perfect in the target department, by the way. Seven targets, seven grabs. So Amazing. kudos to him on that. Absolutely. They uh, had kind of an even running game. Mendenhall, 13 carries, 54 yards and a touchdown. Ellington, 10 carries, 50 yards and a touchdown. What it comes down to is this Arizona team, and and I know people who were hesitant to take a look at Arizona. Now, we didn't pick the games this week because, well, you were sick, so that's your your out, right? Sorry, we have a bye week. 
We had a bye week. See, we're yeah, a lot of bye weeks. Too. We both wouldn't have probably picked Arizona. But. Oh, I, I, I will go on record, and I will show you the proof if I have to. Uh, I do make the pickums for CLW83.com, and I picked Arizona in this game, but I didn't expect this. <laughs> I don't think even Arizona fans expected this. It was insane. And you can't even say, oh, it was a turnover thing, but the defense for Arizona held the fort down. And you look at the other side of things. No real rushing game for Indianapolis, something we've talked about all year. The leading receiver, Kobe Fleener with a touchdown, four grabs, 55 yards. Andrew Luck threw a pick. His quarterback rating was 60.1, or excuse me, uh, QBR. Well, is QBR quarterback rating? Yeah, I guess so, 21.9. You know, I, I think it's just Bruce Arians had this team coached up because he had something to prove. On Sunday, he's a great Bruce, coach, man. He, you know what? Almost any other year, he would get Coach of the Year, and you know what? He should probably still get a lot of consideration for Coach of the Year. He should absolutely. He should be in top three easily. Top three easily. I agree. He is a phenomenal story in Arizona. He has turned the culture around. He has made this team a wild card contending team. He has made this team worthy of conversation. Are they going to win anything this year? Probably not. But, uh, yeah, but you know what? They're winning the hearts of football fans. Oh, well, aren't you a sap sucker when it comes to that? That's adorable. I'm going to vomit now inside of myself. But but you're right. You're absolutely right. They're, they're, playing, uh, they're playing out of their mind. They're being coached out of their mind. It's a great story. It absolutely. really is. Absolutely. You know, you know what? Watching this game, it gave me my most favorite football player's name probably in the history of football yesterday. Who? Frosty Rucker. <laughs> Hold on a second. He's the oh. defensive end number 98 for the Arizona Cardinals. His name is Frosty, F-R-O-S-T-E-E, last name Rucker. I love it, Frosty Rucker. Well, apparently, uh, <laughs> no, I can't say it. I can't. Apparently the, apparently the family conceived at a convenience store after having a Frosty. Um, <laughs> or an ice cream truck. Big perm? I'm going to hell. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's, let's keep it on. Dallas Cowboys, and I know Giants fans aren't going to like this, but yes, you lost to the Dallas Cowboys yesterday. 24 to 21. Dallas Cowboys now 6 of 5 in the season, and the Giants dropped to 4 and 7. Romo played pretty good yesterday. He played pretty well indeed. 23 of 38 for 250 yards and two touchdowns. And it was consistency, and he led this team. You know, we, we always have the running one-liner. Okay, when is Romo going to choke it? When is he going to throw the pick? When is he going to screw up? When is he going to fumble the football away and give the game away? He had a chance with the game tie 21-21 to lead the team down the field for a game-winning drive. And what did he do? He did just that. Yeah. You give the man his due, much as I don't want to do it. DeMarco Murray, 14 carries, 86 yards. Des Bryant, playmaker in number 88. Nine grabs, 102 yards in a winning effort, the leading wide receiver. Manning didn't look that great. 16 to 31, 74. He did throw for two touchdowns. Uh, Andre Brown, 21 carries, 127 yards uh, in a losing effort. But again, the receiving core leaves much to be desired. When Ruben Randall is your leading wide receiver, that's problematic. Uh, the Giants have been knocked down a peg. And the Cowboys are technically in first place in the NFC since they had the leg up with the win 
against the Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, if the Eagles win their other meeting and everything stays kosher and copacetic as it is now, it'll all be a moot point because it'll be a deadlock that'll have to go to 18,000 tiebreakers to figure things out. But uh, Dallas right now controls their own fate. And their strength of schedule is better than that of the Eagles, so we'll see what happens as we enter December. And December, an interesting month. Tony Romo, not a bad quarterback in the late season. Absolutely. All right, man, let's go to the game of the week. No question game about of games. it. That was last night's game, and it goes into overtime. It goes into Monday morning. Who are you kidding? Amazing. And the New England Patriots defeat the Denver Broncos 34-31. to Thanks to uh, Stephen Guskowski, 31-yard field goal, Broncos dropped to nine and two in the season. Patriots rise up to eight and three. What did you think about this one, Jim? I watched much of this game, and it was a tale of two halves, three consecutive possessions for the Patriots, and they fumbled the football three consecutive times. Broncos hung 24 points in the first half on New England at Gillette Stadium. That had never happened before. The Pats had never won a game after trailing at the half by 24 points. A a, a Peyton Manning-led team had never lost a game with a 22 or more point lead ever before. Both happened because in the second half, Bill Belichick got into the mind of, of, of Tom Brady and the rest of the Patriots and coached him up. And when you saw Brady hit that first touchdown drive in the third quarter, you had the sense something was coming and something was coming. Uh, Outscoring the Broncos in the final two quarters of play, 31-7 to to tie the game up, heading into overtime. And I tell you, I'm not a Belichick fan, but the man has balls of steel. He wins the coin toss, and he doesn't decide. He elects to, to defend the goal as opposed to take the ball. That's insane, especially knowing that your team could lose on the first possession if the other team gets a touchdown. Mm-hmm. That's balls. That is balls of steel, my friend. He he knew his defense was rock solid, so you know what? I'm going to have my back to the wind. No problem with the wind because the wind was blustery as hell last night Oh yeah, at Gillette Stadium. And down, back and forth they went into the final uh, two minutes inside of that two-minute warning. I never understood why there's a two-minute warning in overtime, but there is one. Yeah, and uh, Kaskowski with the game-winning chip shot field goal. But the key to that, of course, what looked like a game that was going to be a second tie with about two minutes left, a little over two minutes left, punt is uh, going to Wes Welker. Welker signals everybody off, except one of his up men was in the way, uh, pushing and shoving with another player. The ball bounces off the ground, hits off the player. It's a live ball. New England recovers it inside the 20-yard line. And from there, it's by Felicia. So just an unbelievable game. And people are going to look back and say, well, Peyton Manning can't win the big one. There's something to that. 14 meetings he's had with Tom Brady. He's only won four of them. Manning was not himself in this game because the running game went went off. No Sean Moreno with a game of his life, 37 carries, 224 yards. Unbelievable. Didn't he get hurt, though? Wasn't he, like, walking on crutches? He was in and out of the game, much of of the game. Uh, So he may not be 100% for this coming weekend against Kansas City. That's something you'll have to check on the injury report for. Manning, though, was 19-36, 150 yards, and a couple of touchdowns. 
but but not a good game for Manning. Tom Brady, though, most of his numbers coming in the second half after a fumble uh, on his end. 34-50, there's the magic number 50, but again, you kind of wipe it out because it's an overtime game. 344 yards and three touchdowns. And Edelman, uh, young Mr. Julian Edelman, came up big. Nine grabs, 110, and two touchdowns. And now you've got to look at the Patriots, John. They're 8-3 and three on the season. And they're on one of those metamorphic runs mm-hmm. where you have to take this team seriously, despite the fact that they have a bunch of no-name wide receivers by comparison to years past. They don't have a consistent runner. They have Rob Gronkowski. They have Tom Brady. They have a pretty decent defense. This is not a team I want to face in the playoffs. I do not want to... They are the team right now in the AFC that scares me the most in the playoffs. Well, I feel like the AFC is just terrible right now. Well, you know, I wouldn't say it's terrible. I think everything's come down to earth a little bit. The Broncos have come down to earth. The Chiefs certainly have fallen from grace. You can make it. Well, argument. that's it. I mean, it's, it's only those three teams. I, I, don't, I don't see the Bengals. I don't see the Colts. I don't see any any of those teams as threats. Uh, well, yeah, but but comes down to the Broncos, Chiefs, and Patriots. I, I I don't think the Jets are a threat. I don't think the Steelers are a threat. The Titans aren't a threat. The Chargers aren't a threat in well, my mind. What I'm uh, getting at, what I'm getting no. at, is you can make a case. Though I still think Denver's the best team in the AFC. You can make a case the Patriots are that team. You can make a case based on... Yeah, you know what, I, w- I wouldn't want to play Denver or, or New England in the playoffs. No, well, exactly, exactly. Same thing, you know, in the NFC, I wouldn't want to play New Orleans in, in the... I wouldn't want to play New Orleans. I wouldn't mind playing Seattle if it wasn't in Seattle. I, I don't think Seattle is a Super Bowl winning team. They're not. That's, they they are know. a... When I look at it, to me, it's uh, New Orleans, New England, or uh, Denver are, are the three teams I really look at. That I could say, wow, they could be Super Bowl winning teams. I would so. tend to agree with you on that front. I would tend yeah. to agree. Oh. And then tonight, Monday Night Football. Well, this will be interesting. The 49ers take on the Redskins. Colin Kaepernick, RG3, in a battle of, wow, what could have been quarterback? In a battle of, what's going to happen on Monday Night Raw tonight? <laughs> yeah. Seth, Survivor Series fall down. Oh, my. Vince McMahon? What? What? Uh, he made his return last night. Hopefully oh, he did. Maybe. Yeah. After, uh, of course, it goes off the air, Vizic Man makes his return to the ring and tries to challenge John Cena for, uh, I guess, whatever he did uh, to Randy Orton. I don't know what the hell happened, but oh yeah, Super Cena strikes again. It would be nice. Let's uh, let's let's move it over. We got 25 minutes left of the show. Let's uh, talk some MLB hot stove. Now we're going to recap some things we may have mentioned on Wednesday because both of us are sick in the head. Yeah. Uh, he, you have an excuse of being sick. I'm just sick in the head. <clears throat> Mental. So, insane in the membrane, insane in the brain. Uh, the Rangers, of course, the big deal. Rangers picking up Prince Fielder and $30 million in cash from the Tigers in exchange for second baseman Ian Kinsler. We've talked about this, I believe. On Wednesday. Yeah. We were talking yeah. about how they need to get rid of Fielder to sign Max Scherzer, and that's the best way to do it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I think Scherzer would have signed anyway. But this just cements it. it well, they wanted to make sure they were able to give the money Max Scherzer wanted because they didn't want to let him walk. You know, if somebody else turned around and said, "All right, let's offer Scherzer max dollars that Detroit can't match," right? You know, he he wasn't going to stay with Detroit in, in my mind. Now 
he's going to stay with Detroit. They got the money to give him, and uh, I, I honestly think they're better with Kinsler than they are with Fielder. Mm-hmm. Talk about a couple of catcher moves. First of all, the Phillies, my Phillies, got to be biased, re-signed Carlos Ruiz to a three-year deal worth $26 million. Well, excuse me. So, nice talking to you. Yeah, they they overpaid for him, of course. And here's a guy who's going to be 35 going into this season. But it's the Phillies' mo: stick with what you got. You can't get younger. Unbelievable. I, you know, ruin tomorrow, Junior again. What more? Well, maybe a more interesting catching move is uh, up near your neck of the woods in the Bronx. Don't understand it. Brian McCann goes from Atlanta to the Yankees. He has signed a five-year deal. Uh, $85 million, a six-year vesting option, which could make the deal $100 million. Yeah, don't understand it. Okay, you know, why do you, all right, all right. Well, what is it that you don't understand about guys, it? Guy's going to be 30. He's, uh, he, he's already, you know, slowing down with his numbers already uh, at 29. Uh, I honestly think by year two or year three, the Yankees are really going to be regretting his deal. Uh, the one aspect, of course, going to the American League, he could eventually DH, but is he really a DH caliber player? Hey, you sure you'll get the home run to him, but he's not an RBI guy. I, do you really think he's a home run guy, though? Is what hey, I'm you know what? He's he's good for fifteen to twenty, but he, he's but you is know that what? what you? But that's not good enough for a DH. You got to have not, no, third. not in the American League. No, it's not. It's that's not. what I'm getting. That's, at. I don't understand his deal one bit. Okay, fair enough. You know, they let Russell Martin walk, uh, and then they throw out a ridiculous contract to Brian McCann. Just don't understand it. Uh, staying in the realm of uh, of things, uh, I think we talked about this on Wednesday. Tim Hudson going to the Giants. Yes. Two-year deal. Uh, of course, the question is, can he come back from that, from that surgery, he said. And I don't know. That's the question mark for me. Yeah. But uh, he would be probably penciled in as the number four starter on that squad, on that giant squad, a team that really fell off the face of the earth this season after winning the world championship in 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way the rest of the division has more than caught up with them, I think they're still mired in third, fourth place at best mm-hmm. in 2014. Because if the Dodgers are going to be better. You know the Diamondbacks are going to be better because they're a good young team and have a strong young nucleus. Well, the Dodgers signing uh, Dan Harron, too. Yeah, that that one just recently picking up yeah. Dan Heron from uh, from Oakland, I believe. Um, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, the Cardinals made a couple of interesting moves. Uh, first and foremost, Johnny Peralta come on down. Crazy. Uh, this deal, four years, fifty two million dollars. Uh, Thirty one years. Get paid. Yeah, there you go. PED. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. He had a fifty game suspension with the PED stuff. You look at who they have otherwise on the roster as it is. Pete Cosma, nice knowing you. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely an upgrade over Pete Cosma, but you're not digging this deal either. I, I, I don't I don't dig deals for guys that cheat, man, come out and get paid. I, I think it's just a poor example. I, well, yeah, yeah it, it's a poor example, but you know what? Welcome to Major League Baseball as we know it. The Melky Cabrera deal, you know, right after he came back from his suspension with uh, San Francisco signing him. Was it San Francisco or Toronto? I can't remember. Toronto. Yeah, yeah. So. Disgusting. But. but the bigger deal the Cardinals made. Yes. Uh, with my other team, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, California, United States of America, North America, Western Hemisphere, Planet Earth. The Cardinals sending Peter Borges and Randall Gr- I don't even know how his name is Grichuk. pronounced. Grichuk. Thank you. 
they get them from the Angels in exchange for third baseman David Freeze and reliever Fernando Salas. So Freeze goes, you know, Freeze goes from World Series MVP a couple of years ago with the Cards to Los Angeles, and they pick up an outfielder in Peter Burgess. Who do you think gets the winning end of this trade? I I don't know. I kind of like the deal for both sides, but I kind of lead more towards the Angels. I think uh, you know Freeze is something that they could put next to Trout and and really do something with. Uh, it just you know eventually. Uh, can they get rid of guys like Pujols and Hamilton? Uh, I don't know. But. Pujols, not so much. Hamilton, maybe. Hamilton's uh, an easier uh, easier bit of trade bait. Uh, I think both are going to stay angels until they're done. I mean, <laughs> I just don't think anybody way. would want them now, especially with those deals. I'm going to tell you, I think the angels got the slightly better end of the deal because I think there's more upside with threes. Borges just, just hasn't done the job the last year or two in Los Angeles. Scenery, though. Could help. And Cardinals always grab outfielders and make them into something. So, so I, we'll see. I, I think I think you're right though. Both sides did well in this deal. Yeah. Um, so that was uh, that was wonderful. Speaking of the Cardinals, they extended the contract of Mike Matheny as well. They should have. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, you know he's done a, a great job in the couple of years he's been in St. Louis. Phenomenal uh, job. He's been extended uh, three years through 2017. Very deserving of it. Two seasons as a skipper. 185-139 record overall. NLCS first year, World Series second year. Uh, he had a club option for 2014. Good job by the Cardinals keeping him uh, in tow there. I think that's a great move indeed. Uh, and we'll recap any other moves that happen over the course of uh, the next uh, few days when we come back with you on Wednesday because the hot stove keeps on churning. It absolutely does. Also, uh, coming out from, I believe, yet, uh, this morning, uh, Blue Jays are no longer considering a trade for either Jose Bautista or Edwin Encarnacion. So. Boy, the Blue Jays. Don't get me started. I, I, they, they were the biggest disappointment in baseball this year. No question about it. Everybody and their sisters saw this team as a stacked team. They pick up R.A. Dickey. They pick up some excess uh, from, from the former Florida Marlins. And they look like the team that is the team to beat in the American League East. And for the first time in 20 years, they look like a team that can contend for playoff contention. And they fall right on their faces faster than a freaking pancake. I'd say it was enjoyable to watch, though, from my point of view. Well, yeah, of course it was. Of course it was. Yeah. Also, with your Angels, got to also give them props. I really, really like the signing in their bullpen. Uh, signed a former Met and former Cleveland Indian uh, relief pitcher, Joe Smith, to a three-year, $15 million deal. Bullpen help, that'll definitely help. I, I love Joe Smith. I was, I was devastated when the Mets uh, traded him. It's a pro, man. You love him. I, I guess. It is, man. He's a great, great pitcher, man. There's, you know, those sidearm pitchers, man. You know what? Not many can be totally effective, and he's very effective. So. And that's key. You, 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 that's, that's a very valid point. Before Thanks. we go any further with anything else, I want you to talk about the, uh, the series you've started up on 24-7 involving uh, uh, people and athletes who are doing good things outside of the realm of sports. Absolutely. We started a, a new series on 247sportshub.com called 24-7 Good Guys. Uh, myself, along with uh, Glenn Miller, a very good friend of mine and a very fun, a, 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 just a phenomenal writer, we put the idea together, Jim, to say, you know what, there's so much negativity in sports lately. What about the athletes that go out and do so much, you know, so much with charity, so much with communities? They never get the time of day within the media because guess what? The media doesn't like to focus on the positive stuff. They always like to focus on the negativity. So we set out and started to do it. We're going to profile a player every week, every two weeks, depends on, you know, depending on 
you know, when we can have access to these athletes and, and superstars. And our first piece was on WWE superstar David Otunga. If you don't know who David Otunga is, he's a, uh, a you know, Harvard graduated and educated lawyer. Uh, he's, he's been with the WWE now since 2010. Uh, he's also engaged to uh, superstar and singer Jennifer Hudson. Uh, it was a phenomenal interview. We spoke about his uh, cover of Muscle and Fitness uh, this December. Uh, all this phenomenal work with Be A Star, the WWE's anti-bullying campaign, and also his support of our troops. Uh, it was a great, great interview, and uh, just want to send a special thank you out to not only David Otunga, but the WWE as well for being so gracious with us and accepting us and uh, the 24-7 Sports Hub family uh, for this interview. And uh, I-, I had a great time talking to Dave, man. What a great guy. And let me tell you, he turned me into a real big fan of his. Um, so you can go to... 247sportshub.com, and right up on top, you'll see 247 Good Guys. Click it, and uh, you can read the interview with David Otunga there. And coming soon, uh, we have an NHL player coming. So, uh, you know, so we're going to, you know, this is a series we hope to really just keep progressing, Jim, and we hope to get it going for a very, very long time. So, 247sportshub.com, check it out. And also, in a segue into this as well, when you're at 247sportshub.com, in fact, I'm going to go there right now. Not to be a corporate chill or anything, because well, how can I be a chill? I'm not getting paid for this. <laughs> um, when you go to the uh, top uh, navigation bar, and you slide over to where it says Other, and then you go down and you see a link that says Fantasy Sports Games. Correct. You click on that, and you can join our fantasy sports competition through our friends at Start 4, and today is the first day that we are starting this, a 24-7 Sports Hub group, uh, where you and I, on our show, in advance of the game that's going to be played, we pick a game at random from either the NBA, the NHL, NFL, MLB, whatever, and we're going to pick our starting four. We have 20 points allocated. We have to pick four starters who we think are going to do the best that they possibly can for our team. So, go ahead and set it up for us. Absolutely. Once again, uh, as you said, Star 4, we want to thank them for joining uh, forces with us here at 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. And uh, All right, so what you could do is if you want to compete against Jim and I, you go to uh, 247sportshub.com, you click other, you know, and then go to Fantasy Sports Games. You just register. It's free. And then uh, we're going to pick a game, every radio show, Jim, that we do. And uh, you, you get the 20 points, as you said, and you pick your four players. So today's game, for uh, Monday, we're going to pick tonight's New York Knicks versus the Portland Trailblazers game, Jim. Um, and I'm going to lead that to you now. Who is your starting four for tonight's Knicks and Portland game? See, here's the thing. Because <laughs> it's NBA and I really don't follow the association as much as I should. You're going to school me, boy. All right. You never know. I'm going with your main man, Carmelo Anthony. Okay. My main man, MWP, Meta World Peace. I bring in Amari Stoudemire, and I close with Mo Williams. All right. That's who I got. Who you got? All right. So here's where I'm going. I'm going with uh, Portland Trailblazers point guard Damian Lillard, who's just having a phenomenal season for Portland. He is. Going to go with uh, the man formerly known as Ron Artest. Meta. Going to go with Andrea Bargnani. Good pick. Because he's having a very, very good season thus far, especially since taking over the center position with Tyson Chandler out. And even though he's not having a good start to his rookie campaign, I think he could drop at least a good 10 points tonight. I'm going to go with Timmy Hardaway Jr. I was debating whether or not to go with Timmy Jr. or not. You know, I kind of wanted to pick Melo, but he was worth 10 points. 
I think he's well worth 10 points, darn it. No, he is. Right now, he is. There's no question about it. So go over there right now to 247sportshub.com. Click on the other tab. It drops down. Click Fantasy Sports Games, and uh, you can play with us on Start 4 and uh, 24-7 Sports Hub. It's real easy. You register. You join the 247 Sports Hub group. Uh, you choose the game that we're playing. You pick the four players you think will play the best, and you get your score for the game based on how your players perform. And from there, we see how it goes. So uh, good stuff, man. Let me we tell could you. even down the road have incentives for you. Nudge, nudge. Nudge, nudge. To, uh, to join in further. So get the practice now against us. Uh, Good stuff. Yeah, and then, uh, of course, Wednesday uh, on our show, we'll uh, talk about who has the better score between uh, Jim and I in this uh, matchup. Um, and then we'll take it from there, and then we'll pick another game for uh, Wednesday night. There you go. And then maybe even uh, Wednesday we'll pick, uh, who knows, maybe even Thursday night's football game. I don't know. You never know. That's how it happens. We're going to be mixing it up between uh, NBA and M- NFL for now, and then uh, once MLB starts, we're going to pick some MLB games every every radio show. So, Exactly. So so if you think you are sick of hearing us, and you think, oh, I know more than these guys, well, prove it. Step on up. Step your game up. Step your chain up, if you will. And uh, join us. Start for the 24-7 Sports Hub. Go to other fantasy sports games, log in, find the game we're joining in, and uh, do the deed. Absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Staying with the NBA side of things, let's get on this. we got a couple of different news tidbits here, but let's get to the main one first. Derek Rose of the Chicago Bulls, mm. done for the season after undergoing surgery today on his knee after injuring it just the last couple of days. What do you think of this, Jim? I know we spoke about this pre-show. Throw out your thoughts. His career is virtually over to me. And I don't mean that to be um, dramatic or, or anything of the sort. But let's think about it. He has had procedures done now on each knee. He is 25 years of age. And I know modern medicine is a wonderful thing and modern technology is a wonderful thing. But he's, you know, I heard the term said, you can, you know, Dan Patrick said it today, you can grow cartilage in a Petri dish and insert it. That's the kind of uh, breakthroughs we have in this day and age. Yeah. But... It's not about a physical aspect. It's about mentality. This is a guy who just three seasons ago was the league MVP. Okay? Three years ago, MVP. Last May, ACL surgery on his left knee. Now he has to have uh, medial meniscus surgery on his right knee. Mm-hmm. And the knee surgery is successful as far as we know. But at this point in time, it is a mental issue more than a physical one. No question he'll be that. able to walk. He'll be able to run. He'll be able to shoot buckets in the backyard with his kids or whatever at some you know in in due time. That's going to be no problem. But the way he plays the game, he won't go into, he won't go into a game with the same kind of mentality because he will be thinking twice or thrice or four times over about what moves he has to make, the stopping, the starting, the pulling up, the the blocking, because subconsciously he'll be saying to himself, oh, no, I might land on this foot the wrong way and my knee might get tweaked again. (coughs) His career is over, as far as I'm concerned, and and I hope he proves me wrong, but mentally his career is over. Yeah, I don't think he has the same 
depth of mind or, or personality that Grant Hill has or had coming back from all of his devastating knee injuries and surgeries, um, you know, especially for a point guard. You know, they rely so heavily on their legs, more so than uh, any other position in my mind. You know, it's, it's devastating, you know, not only for Derrick Rose, but, of course, for, you know, the Chicago Bulls, the owners, the coaches, the team itself, and the fans. I mean, <clears throat> you look he at it this way. He was that team. He was the center of that there's, team. There's no question about it. You look at yesterday's game against the Clippers with no point guard. They lost 121 to 82. They got blown out. Exactly. They got blown out. Um, listen, I like Kirk Heinrich. He's not starting point guard material in my mind. They're right. back up now. Marquise Teague, zero points, 0 of 7 shooting, 20 minutes yesterday. Mike James, six minutes, 0 of 3 shooting, zero points. You know, there is no point guard for this team. And now you got no Nate Robinson, who, who was uh, brilliant for the Chicago Bulls last year and got them into the playoffs. Um, you know, I, I don't know how he's going to come back. In my mind, the Bulls need to start gutting this team now. They need to start agree. gutting this team, and now you're going to have to rebuild for the future. Because I'm sorry, Joakim Noah, Lou Aldang, both 28 years old. Carlos Boozer, Kirk Heyrich, both 32 years old. Mike Dunleavy, who you just brought in, 33 years old. Your guys are not getting any younger. Go They're back not. in. <clears throat> go back in time. Sorry to interrupt you there, but go back to the first injury and remember how. Everybody and their sister was giving Derrick Rose the business about how he was medically cleared to play, but stayed out throughout the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, come on, you can play. You've got the knees. Come on. You've been cleared for months now. It's mental. It's completely a mental thing. That 2010-2011 league MVP he won was the pinnacle of his basketball career. Sad reality. Sad reality. I know they talked to uh, USA, spoke to Derek Rose, and he said, and I quote, I don't know what type of player I'm going to be when I return. I just know I'm going to be very good, end quote. Um, well, of course, there were some doctors that USA Today talked to, too, as well. And I'm going to say this. This was before the surgery, of course, so you could take it for uh, what it's worth because it was before the surgery. And I say, end quote, if repaired, rehab and recovery is close to four to six months, which would pretty much rule out Rose's return to season. The meniscus might not be salvageable. And if not, recovery time is much shorter, about six to eight weeks. Meta World Peace was the exception when he returned from meniscus injury 12 days after surgery last season for the Los Angeles Lakers, end quote. But we already know they already ruled him out for the season. So, yeah. It's a sad state of affairs. Yeah, it's two, a sad state of affairs in Chicago. Two whole seasons, man, missed. He's going to come back at, uh, what is he, 25 now, I believe? He's 25, so 26, 27, whatever. Yeah, he's going to be and... 26, possibly even 27 when he returns. Um yeah, his 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 dy- you know what that dynamic nature of his is is not going to be there. I don't think. Yeah, no, no way. I mean, again, it's the subcon. It's you, again, you have to you have to take it again, take it apart, and take aside the fact that he's going to have the physical ability to do something. He'll have the physical ability to do anything. Nobody questions that he can make a full recovery physically. Yeah, it's mentally, it's emotionally. Yeah, he will not play the same way he played a couple of years ago. There's no way he can mentally. No, 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 no. So. Now it's what do the Bulls do now? Do they trade Luol Deng and Joakim Noah and try to bring in some kind of point guard stuff now? Or do they just say, screw it and stay with what they got, play out the season and start gutting at the offseason? Or do you try to move a Carlos Boozer? 
I don't think they're going to move anybody in season. I do not see them moving anybody in season. They're probably going to just stick and bubble gum and duct tape everything they've got together. I don't know. If they lose like they lost yesterday, man, they only scored nine points in the fourth quarter yesterday. Yeah, they, they folded up like a crepe. I know. Yeah. Um, 121-82. Not pretty. Not pretty. Ouch. I mean, this is a team with Derrick Rose after that 2010-2011 season that people were thinking, okay, maybe it won't be the six-peat Bulls of the 90s, but this is a team that can win a title or two. Yeah. They were, they were you know... They, whatever. This is supposed to be the team, besides possibly the Knicks and Brooklyn, that were going to be the ones to... Compete with the Heat. Compete with the Heat, exactly. And now they're, they're competing for the lottery right now, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, there's no question about it. So... You know, they got good players, but guess what? Without a, you know, a proper... You can have all the good players in the world, but if yeah. you don't have your ace in the hole, you're nothing. No. And they don't have their ace in the hole. Their ace in the hole has been shot down. No question about it. The bummer. All right, man, guess what? What? Kobe Bryant just signed a two-year extension with the Los Angeles Lakers. So for all you people who were thinking, ah, Kobe's done, Kobe's done, well, maybe he's going to be done as a Laker now. He should be, and I'm glad. There's something to be said for team loyalty. Yeah. There's something, but he's, I think he's going to be the last of his type in this uh, in this uh, sport of ours, uh, the NBA as we know it. He'll be the last of the players who stays with one team for their entire career. Absolutely. With the uh, extension, since he was under contract for the season, he's going to be making between forty and fifty million dollars. Still keeping him the highest paid player in the NBA today. And when healthy, there are a few better than him. Oh, absolutely. Still, no but healthy, and obviously he's he's just getting back from an injury now. Uh, Brian is 35 right now, so this takes until he's like what 37, 38, give or take. Mm. That'll be, and that's when he wants out. That's when he wants out of his uh, of everything. So it makes sense. It makes sense. He will finish his career in Los Angeles Laker, barring some freak occurrence. Uh, and again, you you can't you can't lock it in that he's going to stay a Laker because the Bus family is. Mm, the bus family and and the doings there in Los Angeles have always been uh, somewhat suspect, shall we say? Oh yeah, the uh, Lakers are, are are Kobe's team even after his future, uh, after his career. They're, and he may, and you know what? He may segue into coaching. He yeah. may segue into coaching. With Honestly, him. man, it's it's you know what you're going to see when Kobe's done with his career and he comes out and people are just going to be all over Kobe. I think a lot of people are going to forget about Magic, man. You know, I think that time is coming. Yeah, I don't think you can... No, I, I wouldn't go watch, that Watch, I'm not, watch. I, I, There's I, a lot of fans out in L.A. that really particularly don't care for, for uh, Magic as much anymore. So. Well, that's because they're Angel fans, not Dodger fans. I don't know. It's a possibility. But, or maybe because he didn't wear his blue thong. Yeah. And you're sick? You are sick. I don't know, man. My stomach is churning right now. Well, well I hope it is. <sighs> There we go. It is what it Your is. Your main man. Magic Johnson, Blue Thong, there he is. There he is. All right, well, that's it for today's show. We want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Also want to apologize for not being here on Friday and for myself possibly sounding like a dimwit today because, yes, the flu bug is still attacking me pretty heavily. And if it transmits through the airwaves, I will be dead by tomorrow. Absolutely. So there we go. No, no, that's not good. That's we will be back Wednesday, though, at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, possibly with a guest. We won't specify. We won't name names because nothing's definite. But it's pre-Thanksgiving and what have you. So, uh... Exactamundo. So for Jim Williams, I'm Jonathan Ragus. We will see you all Wednesday. Rest in peace, Brian Griffin. You were a great dog. <laughs>